Hello, this is Kenny, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be talking just a little bit about the moon and why we should go to the moon and why people want to go to the moon. What are we doing wanting to go to the moon and to Mars? So that is going to be just a little bit about what we talk about today. We are going to see what the scriptures have to say about rockets of the moon and what I call lunar lunatics. And I call them that because I think that anybody that wants to go to the moon or that wants to go to Mars is a lunatic. Okay, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. So to start off with, we're going to get right into Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, and that tells us about the creation of the moon. Now, I know there are lots of people out there that reject the creation account, but, you know, that's their problem, not mine. Um, I personally believe that the creation account listed in the Holy Bible is correct. I have noticed that these people who reject the creation account and put in evolution or whatever they're doing, you know, they don't really have a very good reason for rejecting it. And the ones that reject it, they don't really have a better answer as far as I'm concerned. So as far as I'm concerned, Genesis chapter 1 is just as good as anything in any scientific journal printed. And if you refer to Genesis 1.14, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So, as everybody knows, the moon has to do with signs. I mean, it's the thing that's in the night sky, the lesser light. And it also has to do with tides and all kinds of other stuff the moon plays a crucial role in. So having said that, the moon is up there for a purpose, and the moon is not up there to be inhabited or to be messed around with, okay? It's there for signs and seasons and days, and these signs and seasons the moon has is not just for the Jew, it's for everybody. Now I will have you take a look at Psalms 115 verse 16. And what that says is the heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Okay, so what he's telling you there plainly is as what the heavens are for and what the earth is for. And in that passage right there, he says that heaven and the heavens, and this is not merely the heaven up to the clouds, but the heavens of the solar system up there, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has been given to the children of men. Now, that passage tells us plainly, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that man's dominion stretches from the ground up to the clouds, basically. And when man gets to elevations, let's say like above 80,000 feet, he's basically getting into somebody else's territory, somebody else's domain, the Lord's domain. Now, if you go back to Genesis 1 and verse 28, you can see right here that God gave man a certain dominion, okay? And it says right here, you know, God blessed them and God said unto them, be, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, 
over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Okay, so right there, God has given dominion over the earth to men. Not anywhere else, not the heavens, just to earth. So if you notice in that particular passage that man's domain extends up to where the birds are flying, okay? His dominion extends up to the flight of, let's say, where the eagle flies. And when he goes beyond that part of his dominion, he's in somebody else's domain. So it's pretty easy to tell that um, that dominion up above, up in these high places, are not man's. Now you can go over to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and it says, you know, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now take special note of that, in high places. Now you will hear some people say, well, when they're talking about spiritual wickedness in high places, that only means like the President of the United States. That's only kings. I don't believe that that's all that it means. It means that there are higher places than what there is here on earth, okay? And those high places extend up from the first heaven, which is where the birds fly, to the second heaven, to where the planets are, and then the third heaven is where Christ's throne is, okay? So there are different levels, and there's different, different levels of these high places, okay? So what that does there, that kind of gives us a stepping point to talk just a little bit more about these rockets to the moon and to Mars, okay? But we'll talk about the moon right now, and that's why I'm calling it lunar lunatics, okay? So the moon is like 2,160 2, miles in diameter, and it's like 220 to 250,000 miles from Earth, Okay, on the moon, the temperatures vary quite a bit. And when I say vary, it's like where the sun shines, um, it's 220 degrees in the shade. And where the sun doesn't shine on the moon, it's like 250 degrees below zero. And so this, this is a basically a dead satellite out there. There's nothing on it, supposedly, but dust. Okay, and the temperatures are extreme. There's no oxygen. There's hardly any gravity. So my question would be, when you analyze all the stuff going on there with the moon, why would anybody even want to go there to start with? And, you know, I mean, what's the point? If these scientists are wanting to somehow conquer climatic conditions, you know, severe conditions, why don't they just go ahead and, you know, go down to the South Pole? You know, it's 250 degrees below zero down there sometimes in Antarctica. You know, go build it over there. I mean, it's ice cold down there. At least there's oxygen and you're a whole lot closer to home. But if they did that, see, they wouldn't be able to use the excuse of getting to space. See, I believe that these searching for knowledge and looking at all this stuff, I believe that's all just an alibi. That's not the real reason they're wanting to do it. So, why do men have why have men ever wanted to get to the moon? 
I mean, if you ever stop and analyze that, why do they want to go to the moon? Why do they want to go to Mars? Well, I have yet to ever hear a good answer. And this whole, I'm going to try to find out what's up there is not a good enough answer for me. And this whole going to try to populate outer space is ridiculous answer also to me. There's no way they're going to ever be able to do it. But don't you think we should probably need to find out, you know, what's going on here on the earth and get everything down here fixed on earth before you think about spending billions and trillions of dollars trying to go to other planets? Well, I'm going to show you here in these particular scriptures why I think man cannot resist the challenge of going to outer space. It's round about here in the Bible in Isaiah 14, 12, 13, 14, and 15. But I'll read this really quick for you here. It says, talking about Lucifer, says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? So he's fallen from heaven, okay? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. I mean, we've got Satan right here. This is exactly the same thing he's doing. He wants to ascend up to heaven he wants to ascend above the clouds. He wants to be like God. He wants to be like the Most High. And I can tell you right now, that's exactly what these scientists are doing, is they're playing God. They don't want to believe in God. They deny God. They want to pat themselves on the back and ascend up and do these things so they can be their own gods. So what's happening here is ever since the devil got dominion over mankind through the fall of Adam and Eve, they both became subjects and bond slaves to another master, they in, which is Satan, and they inherited from that master his original ambition. And his original ambition was to ascend and to put his throne above the stars of God. So that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? That's why men want to climb Pike's Peak. They want to get up to heaven without God. You know, they want to climb like, like the Matterhorn, you know. They want to get up there without God. They want to pat themselves on the back and say, look at me. Look what man has done. Why do you think the very first thing out of the so-called, you know, moon mission, the very first thing the guy says is, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It's all about man, man, man. That's all it's ever been about. And man has got this from Satan of this, we want to ascend, we want to be better, you know, and we're going to do all this without God. We don't need God. We're going to better ourselves. So what this boils down to is that desire to get up in the air and make it without God, that's satanic. Okay, it's satanic, and the human race inherited that desire that they've got. Um, they inherited it from Satan. They tried a similar thing way back in Genesis 11 
you know, whenever they tried to build their tower up into heaven. And men said, let's get together and build us a tower, a city, and a tower whose height can reach to heaven. And, of course, the Lord came down and saw the city and the tower and the sons of men building. And the Lord says, well, I'm going to go down there and confound the language so they can't understand each other. Therefore, they stopped building. Okay, and they called that place Babel. Okay, the Tower of Babel. I've often wondered about these scientists who are deciding over here at NASA to go to Mars and, you know, the moon, whatever. You know, do any of them ever actually sit down and think about it and analyze whether it's a good idea or a bad idea? I think that they probably all just assume it's good. They don't even think about the bad. So you've got this little cursed earth down here where people are diseased and dying and people killing each other, um, wars, people dying by wars, you know, in wars by the millions. And you've got our powers that be, you know, and the NASA saying, don't worry, folks, we're going to, we're going to help everybody out. We're going to send you off to a rocket, you know, in a rocket ship to Mars, to a dead satellite planet out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, what's the point? What on earth are you going to do by sending people out to Mars or the moon or anywhere? It's absolutely ridiculous. But like I've told you, you already know why man wants to get to the moon and to Mars so he can give himself the glory and take the credit and pat himself on the back. We don't have any business at all on a rocket to Mars or the moon or anywhere else. We don't have any business doing anything in somebody else's dominion. And as far as the previous moon landing, of course, I believe that to be fake. And you can see my other podcasts about that. But these so-called astronauts that supposedly landed on the moon, I mean, can you imagine that? You land on the moon and all you want to do is talk about yourself and pat yourself on the back. I mean, if I had been one of the people who landed on the moon, I think I would have said, thank God we made it, you know? I would have been like, praise the Lord, we're here, and dear Heavenly Father, please let us get back home. But if you've ever watched any of these videos with these so-called astronauts and moon men, you'll come to the conclusion real fast that they are probably not saved. They're all atheists. So now we have a Mars lander or Mars rover running around, supposedly, uh, I don't even 100% know whether that's true. Um, but let's just say that it is true and there really is something up there running around. Do you know what they found so far, according to these pictures? Um, a barren wasteland, okay? Desolate planet. There's nothing there. Completely dead, okay? It's a basically a dead planet satellite that's been ruined, blasted out and shot through, craters everywhere, and you couldn't populate that thing, not without expenditure of billions and billions and trillions of dollars. I mean, and where are you going to get that kind of money to send junk up there into space to a dead planet? Well, where do you think they're going to get it? They're going to raise your taxes. Where do you think our tax dollars go to these billions of dollars of expenditures on absolute total waste? And, you know, what are they going to find up there? Okay, they're going to find a million more problems and a million more puzzles that they thought they had solved 
And when they finally solve those particular puzzles to get this and this done, well, now we've got another million more puzzles that have to be solved. And nothing ever gets solved. You just come up with more unsolved problems. So I don't know what they're finding up there in Mars and the moon and everywhere else, but I tell you one thing they're not going to find. They're not going to find peace, peace on earth and goodwill to men. There's nothing There's nothing about the trip to outer space that's going to help the peaceful relationship between nations down here. It doesn't matter how many people you send to Mars or to the moon, is you're still going to have your wars going on right here. You still got all your stuff over there going on in in Israel, in Russia, Ukraine, all this stuff that's supposedly going on right now. Do you think any of that's going to stop by sending a rocket to the moon or Mars? No, it's not. Of course, what these astronauts and these scientists over here in NASA don't know, they have no idea, see, that the the greatest battles are still yet to come in the future, according to the Bible. So they haven't done anything. There's nothing they can do because the wars are still on the way. You can read over there in Revelation chapter 6, you know, that when the Antichrist comes back, I mean, he goes conquering and to conquer. And the man that comes behind him has a great sword. And with him, the Bible says, he was given power to take peace from the earth. And death and hell followed him. And those things take place after the rapture. So the first thing you want to learn, of course, about these astronauts' trip to outer space and these moon men and these Mars rockets is that it's not going to solve any problems of peace on this earth and or war. Because the three biggest wars are yet still coming in the future. The second big war in the future is the Battle of Armageddon, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns to set up his millennial kingdom. The third war in the future is found in Revelation chapter 20, where Gog and Magog gather together the nations like sand of the sea, and they come down and encompass the beloved city of Jerusalem, and fire comes down from God of the heavens and destroys them. So, again, the astronauts, when they go up there to the moon or Mars, they're not doing anything. They're not going to settle or solve any problems of peace on Earth or anything else and no more war. But they're going to tell you, well, we're not there to solve all that. What we want to do is we want to gather some rock samples. We've got to gather samples from Mars and samples from the moon. Why? Well, because, see, they think that they're going to be able to find the secret of creation or the secret of the beginning of life on Earth. Because, see, you can't find it here on Earth. You have to go out to a dead satellite, a dead planet, 250,000 miles or more away to try to find out this information. Well, I can tell you right now, There's not any astronaut that's ever been supposedly to space or any rover on Mars, okay, that's ever going to find the source of life by digging around in any rocks anywhere, okay? The source of life is God the Father. In the beginning, God created, okay? That's the source of life. That's that's where you're going to find it, right here in this Bible. God is a spirit And those that worship him must worship the spirit and truth. And what you're not going to do is be able to find the truth and worship God or find God through microscopes and telescopes. 
I'll tell you something else you're not going to find in outer space on these dead satellites and dead planets. You're not going to find forgiveness of sins. Okay, it's not to be had on the moon or Mars. Heaven and eternal life is not going to be found on Mars. It's not going to be found on the moon. You know what else they're not going to find? They can't even find the answers to their own personal problems up there. These NASA scientists that are supposedly all looking around there, you know, up there in Mars or the moon, they come back. They're not going to have one solution for their own personal problems. None of their problems are going to be taken care of with trips to the moon or Mars. None of their sins are going to be taken care of by taking trips to the moon or Mars. I tell you, it wouldn't matter if you went to the moon and lived on it, or if you went to Mars or Jupiter or anywhere else. You know, all these men doing this stuff, you are still, it's not going to do you any good, okay? You're still going to die. You're still going to die of old age. You're, you're, nothing's really going to change. You will never be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, I want you to understand this. God has that thing fixed. He's got it fixed so that you cannot find the answers outside of the Bible. Okay? You cannot find the answers outside the Bible. I've got more answers in that Bible than you could get in a thousand trips to the moon or Mars or you'll ever get. They could get more information about the future and about what's going to transpire here soon from a dime store Bible, okay? Just pick you up a King James Bible, a $2 Bible, and you can literally find out all the stuff because you see that King James Bible, it's running about a thousand years ahead of science. The scientists we have today, they don't know anything what the Bible says, and it's laid it all out for you. What all these unsaved men are looking for and these scientists, there are only two people in the world that can give man what he's looking for and what man wants right now. Okay, one of the things is that is peace on earth. Okay, a solution to all man's problems. That's what they want. There's only two men that have ever lived or ever will live that can offer any kind of solution to man's problems, okay? And those two men are Jesus Christ and the Antichrist, okay? And when the Antichrist shows up from outer space, which is soon to happen, probably right after the rapture, the Antichrist comes down from outer space, he's going to give man the solutions he's looking for. He's, he's going to set himself up and pretend he's either an alien or whatever he's going to say, and he's going to have all the solutions. He's going to have all the answers these atheists and everybody's looking for. Okay? And he's going to have those for seven years. People are going to really think he's it for seven years. And then the Lord is going to come back. And then the Lord, Jesus Christ, he actually has all of the real solutions, the permanent solutions. He's going to come back and he's going to give them to you permanently. But there is only two men that can supply these needs and these wants that everybody's looking for, that these scientists are looking for. And both of these individuals are spiritual beings. Okay? 
They are not human flesh and blood like us. They are spiritual beings. You know, first, when the Antichrist comes on the scene, probably right after the rapture, my assumption is is he's going to descend from outer space. You know, all these scientists and atheists and uh, evolutionists, they're all looking for alien beings or something on the moon, something from Mars. They don't they won't accept the Bible for what it is. So they're looking for something way out there. That's why they're always going out there. They're always out there looking, trying to prove, you know, trying to set themselves up, trying to say, hey, look at me. I'm man. I'm my own God. I don't need a God. There's no such thing as God. Oh, now there may be aliens, but there is no God. And so whenever the Antichrist descends from the heavens, comes down, I'm sure he'll be mistaken or he'll be parading around as an alien or something to the effect of that. And all of these so-called scientists and so-called learned people around here, they are going to buy right into the charade. And that's what the Bible says they're going to do. God is going to turn them over, going to turn them over to their own delusion. So, yeah, he's going to come from space, I'm sure. And that's what they're going to, they're going to latch onto that. And then about three and a half years into that, when he disables the peace treaty, and reveals who he really is, then they're going to be like, oh, we made a bad choice on that one. He's not from outer space after all. He's from right here. You know, that's the devil, just like what the Bible said. So that's where we're at. So I do believe that all this space travel and stuff is satanic. For the ones that actually believe it, their minds are deluded, and it's satanic. Now, I'm sure there are lots of them in on it just for the money. And that's why I don't, I don't believe we ever went to the moon. And I don't believe there's a, a rover on Mars, really. There's really no way to prove it. There's no way to see it. And lots of money is being funneled into it that just disappears. And what you end up with as proof is nothing but pictures from the same people that are in charge of it all. So, I mean, it's, it's really, I think it's just a giant way to funnel and embezzle money but the people that actually want it are being deluded and it's because of the satanic influence they're you know they they won't accept what the bible says so they're always out looking for something else so my advice to you is if you don't know the lord jesus christ your savior right now my advice is to get saved as soon as possible because it's winding up, you know. That rapture can't be too far off. It's getting too close. And as I've said several times before, salvation is just nothing but a step away. It's as easy as a step, and any fool can do it, because death is also just a breath away. So if you're not saved, please get saved. You can go to our website and read a little page on what you need to do to get saved. That's on truthseekers2012.org. You can check that out. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, just give us an email. Thanks for listening and hope to see you soon. God bless you.